You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, hosted on the Line of Sight Podcast Network. Line of Sight is proud to host War Machine University, Brawl Machine, and Fallen Corvus, as well as numerous content creators like Field of Fire, Lightbringers, Brawler Bios, Vicarious Competition, Midnight Monpod, and Charge and Spike. You can find our content at loswarmachine.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 223 of Line of Sight. My name is Jaden, and I'm here with Brett. Hello. Made it. We made it. We don't actually know why Chandler's not here, but he's not here. So it's just the two of us today. Um, <laughs> it's always, it's, it's like, whenever I'm not here, you guys are always like, we get to play. And whenever Brett Chandler's not here, we're just like, it's business as usual. I guess we're going to go into like a very, very long conversation about probability now, aren't we? Like, that's just, that's just like inevitable. Um, yeah, so uh, as far as news goes, there really isn't a whole lot. Uh, we're getting ready to uh, plug... I'm going to plug some stuff for our Discord. Uh, the June Brawl Machine and 75-point leagues are about to have signups, or maybe do have signups already, posted in their respective channels. Let me just double-check this. <laughs> nope, not quite for the Brawl Machine League, and... Not quite for the 75-point league. So, yeah, they'll, those will be going up in the next couple of days. Those are in our Discord. You can find a link to that in the show notes for this or any of the other podcasts that we've posted in the last couple of years. We should probably have a link to that on the website somewhere, shouldn't we? That feels like a thing we probably should do. Anyhow. Um, and, yeah, that's that's about it as far as news goes. So, today we have another donor patron pick uh we're gonna be doing oh wait no no no. this isn't the donor patron pick this is the patron vote pick which is right different slightly different <laughs> slightly different uh that one's decided by committee um and the other one is a dictatorship because they just get to tell us what to do um so this topic is uh, a few episodes ago, we did, we each brought the worst caster that were, well, the caster that we thought was the worst in the game and tried to make a case for why we thought that was so. And this time, we are each bringing a caster that we think is the best in the game and trying to make a case for why it should be so. Um, I will admit I'm a little sad Chandler's not here for this because I feel like a three-way debate is always best for these kinds of things. However... We will soldier on, and I'm going to make you go first, Brett, because I think everybody already knows what mine is. So I'm I'm curious what you've yeah, brought. Yours is probably right. Okay. But All right. Strong strong start. I you're con- you're conceding at the beginning. I like it. I I have to pick the caster that is propping up a faction entirely by himself. Is it Kruger? It's Kruger. Okay. All right. Well. Like, what else is going on in Circle? <laughs> um. Chromac 2 is, is surprisingly okay. Chromac 1 is okay. Balder 2 is okay. So the models in the faction are bad. Okay. The, they have not kept pace with releases. They don't, like, most of them don't use Archons well. Mm-hmm. Um, there haven't been any meaningful releases that 
in a long time, and then a lot since, of those were nerfed since we played Circle last. Yeah, well, except for Kogan, like Kogan except for nerfed. Kogan. Yeah, he got he he did in fact get nerfed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like they've still been playable that whole time, just by taking a caster that's this dumb. Okay, so I don't think. Like his list is the best. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's like the most powerful thing in the in the game right now. Mm-hmm. But I think relative to like where they could be, that's <laughs> like fair. he's doing the most to bring them up. So let's go through his card real fast for people that maybe don't know who we're talking about. Because yeah. um, you know, Jade and I have played him. Well, I've I've played him for what, eight years. <laughs> like, yeah, and I've played him for. Off and on for five, six, yeah, yeah, something like that. It's been a while. Um, so we're talking about Kruger the Stormlord, Kruger two. Um, he is his base stats don't actually matter very much except for his focus seven, which is very relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a really actually quite nasty uh, ranged weapon, which is range ten, power twelve, uh, magical electricity with reload two and sustained attack. Yeah, that one catches people. Um, yes. Uh, the number of people that I have assassinated with Kruger just sort of out of nowhere is very large, um, especially with the Storm Raptors Animus being a thing that he can occasionally have around. That's not the list that's in vogue right now, but it, it is not. It's not nothing. Um, it's he, fun. It is fun. Yeah, no. Kruger 2, like, Double Storm Raptor is a list that I've actually seen played a fair amount by a very strong local Seattle player, and it's, it's, it's a thing. I've... <laughs> seen him assassinate Harbinger with like five shield guards and it's just like, oh, all right. Um, he's got a command range bubble of immunity electricity for friendly faction models, which is actually s- sort of relevant since Nemo three otherwise just wrecks the faction like wholesale. There's nothing the rest of the faction does into Nemo three. Um, his feet. Should we talk about his feet or his spell list first? I mean, we how many times have we talked about telekinesis? Yeah, that's fair. All right, so his feet his feet pushes everything in his control range three inches directly away from him in the order that you choose. This is really important, and we'll talk about why in a second. Um, and then everything that was in his control range, even if it's not pushed, it gets minus two speed for one round. Um, the order that you choose is very important because it lets you do things like imagine a scenario where you have a model that um, is basically just like something you want to kill but you don't want to push it away. You can bump it into something right next to it first and then move the things that were keeping that were right behind it afterwards. Um, and so you can still go in and kill it and then, you know, sprint out maybe or TK out maybe or something. Um, so, you know, you have a great deal of choice over this. Also, you can do things like there's a shield guard in front of the caster. So it will just bump into whatever's like right next to it and then the caster will get moved after that so it's more than three inches away from the shield guard there's lots of tricks to this feat it's very important um the other thing is it's never going to be a 14 inch feat because he's always going to have the well or almost always going to have the well so it's range 16 which is bananas like that's every single scenario element like if kruger 2 didn't have tk he would still not be a lot of brawl machine off the strength of this feat (laughs) yeah so it's very very strong it's not as strong as it was in Mark II because minus two speed used to mean no running, but and no charging, but it's still very good. He has Gallows, which is good. Um, it's even better when you remember that he has Geomancers. He's got Lightning Storm, which is yeah. good. Even better when you remember he's got Geomancers. 
was gonna say Gallows isn't that great, um, and Lightning Storm's okay, but when you can cast it off of a non-caster model, it's it's really good. Yes, yes. Um, he's also got Rebuke, which is just a fantastic spell. Do you remember when Mark Three dropped and we were all like, "Wait, they're giving Kruger two Rebuke." Well, so the context for people who haven't played Mark Two is that in Mark Two, Rebuke was a non-upkeep, mm-hmm. and it also so, stopped like, Geomancers can cast it. It also stopped charges, like it's just wholesale stop charges, right? Oh, I don't remember that. Like, I believe it stopped charges and power. Like, I think it just stopped charges and power attacks. I think that's what it was. Um, another useful thing about Rebuke is that it stops things like Shield Wall, which is a thing that Kruger doesn't like very much. So. And yeah, anyway, he's also got telekinesis. Um, best spell in the game, probably not close. Uh, we've talked about this at length. Go find another podcast. We're not going to hash it again because we'll have to talk about it again in a few minutes. And then he's got windstorm, <laughs> which is uh, a spell that reduces enemy guns range down by five inches to a minimum of eight. This has been nerfed so badly since it's like heyday uh, when it but didn't have still- a minimum range, but it's still excellent. Yeah still amazing yeah it's still um, very very good and so when i'm looking at like best casters i'm always worried about ones who can personally contribute mm-hmm. i.e can kill a caster mm-hmm. um who impact or who are strong in scenario mm-hmm. like say by having telekinesis and a feat that pushes literally everything mm-hmm. um who are not that uh not that difficult to kill themselves um i.e by having Stormwall and never be in with all the Geomancers usually Sorry, camping you, you mean not easy to kill themselves right yes okay that one I said you said not difficult <laughs> I was very oh, okay. confused okay continue um, yeah he, he he doesn't actually bring that much to protect himself mm-hmm. but it, he can be played in such a way that he'll be fine yes um and then uh also defends your army from guns, which is a problem in all circle models. Mm-hmm. Um, increases your threat range. Like he he has it all. <laughs> yeah, and, and the other thing is like looking at this from another perspective. He plays all three win conditions very very well. He can play attrition mm-hmm. extraordinarily well. He can play assassination almost better than anybody, and he plays scenario as one of the like top two or three casters in the game. Right. Right. Yeah. So he. I mean, is is he the only surviving caster who's like had scenarios designed around him? Yes, yes. Because like, because Haley two and Denegra two both got nerfed in the ground. Yes. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, actually, yeah, Kruger two is a fascinating look at power levels from Mark two in many ways. Yes, because he is relatively unchanged, um, aside from some core rules that that changed that were you know, frankly good for the game. Um, and the windstorm thing. And the windstorm thing, which is recent. So for a yes. very, very long time, he was just an unmitigated terror. Now, there were other things about his list that got worse. Uh, Geomancy used to be upkeeps, and now it's not. It used to use the caster's magic stat, now it doesn't. Um, so up until Chuck Dogwood was released, um, all the, the wolds were like geomancing on magic six. Um, but... You know, things in his list also got dramatically better. Like he gets free sentry stones, which are also worth taking. And that was not necessarily the case in Mark II. Um, you know. Sadly not. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, okay. So I cannot disagree that Kruger is one of the most excellent casters in the game. And I absolutely adore him. However, the caster that I've chosen, I think if you put him into circle would immediately supplant. Actually, you'd probably just play them both. Wouldn't you? Yeah. All right, whatever. He'd still be better. You'd play him more of the time. So <laughs> yes. the, the caster that I'm choosing is Lucas uh, from Crucible Guard because I, I do genuinely think he's absurd. Um, his stat... Oh, sorry, go ahead. And, and I think the difference here is that uh, if you look at the whole picture of what he brings, mm-hmm. it, it places him the strongest. Yes. So I'm going to go over his stat line because it is kind of relevant. There's a few things in there. He's speed six, which is... Not unusual for a circle caster, which is why we did not mention it. But for a regular infantry dude, speed six is one of the quicker stat lines you can have. He's mat seven. More on that in a minute. He's arm 16 base, which is very good. And he's got 18 health, which is also very good. Yeah. Um, he's focus five with a star next to it, because we'll talk about that as well. Um, we need to go through his abilities before we do anything else, because they're very important to understanding how he works. So the thing that is most important is he's got an ability called Juicer, which says during your maintenance phase, you can put a juice token on this model. Or as I call them, you could put a juice box on him and he can have sippy sippies from his juice juice boxes. Um, Mm -hmm. Every juice token on him gives him plus one to his focus stat. Not just like how much focus he has, but his focus stat. So on turn one, he goes from five to six. On turn two, he goes from six to seven. And if you're Brandon, you basically never detox him. So he, by the end of the game, is focus 12 or 13, actually, because of the feet. Um, and then at the end of his turn or at the end of his activation, you roll a d6. If it's less than or equal to the number of juice tokens on him, he suffers a damage point for each juice token on it. And he cannot reduce damage with focus for that. Now, this is kind of irrelevant because as long as he's got two or fewer juice tokens on him and he's within little Alice's command range, which is a caster attachment, he doesn't take the damage. So on turn one, he's safe. And on turn two, he's safe. And on turn three, he might take three damage 50% of the time. Ooh, no. Um, mm-hmm. He also can just always take Alice with him. So I was about to actually make a comment that maybe in circle he'd just die. But then I remember he's got a regular Alice, so he could just bring her anyway. <laughs> um, right. He's got a star action that lets him take any number of juice tokens off of himself. So if he's if he's running a little hot, he can get rid of them. And he's got rapid healing. So if he gets shot at, like, I've had this happen. You shoot at him. You do one damage. He heals three damage. You're like, excellent. This is this <laughs> is working out well. Um, his feet gives him a juice token and a focus point, And then gives every warjack in his battle group a focus point. That's kind of just icing, honestly. And then he gets range amplifier. So he just gets a nice comfy plus five range on all his spells. If you don't feel like taking the excellent arc node that exists in my faction. Well, you're, you're taking the excellent arc node anyway, but maybe you want to be on yeah. both sides of the table. He has a hand cannon. It's not as good as Kruger's, but it's good. And then he has a range two POW 13 uh, magical. It's called Regulus. It looks like a giant piston sledgehammer. Um, it When it boxes a living or undead thing, you make a four inch AOE of RFP and everything inside. It takes a POW 12 damage roll and it's lit on fire. That's not an attack and he doesn't hurt him. So that mat, that mat seven and those potential like 13 focus by the end of the game means that he can actually just kill something very, very, very dead, especially when you think about the other spells that he's got. So we already have a spicy caster that can have a ton of focus, quite durable, hits real hard, excellent feat, uh, you know, because it makes his focus go better and his spells get faster. So naturally, he's got a B tier spell list, right? 
Not so. He has five spells, and the worst of them is an A, like an A level spell. So I'm going to go in worst to dumbest order. The worst spell on his card is Iron Flesh, which gives a friendly warrior model or friendly faction warrior model plus two arm and blast resistance. This goes on him usually because making him arm 18 is real dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next least dumb thing he's got is Disintegration. I think this is the next least dumb thing he's got. It's a range 10 pal 13 nuke that just on hit gives the thing minus two arm. And then if you box something with it at RFPs, um, this spell is absurd. <laughs> like it is absolutely bananas. It is the best nuke in the game and it's not close. Like range it's 10. Effectively, it's effectively it's, pal 14, right? It's pal 15. It's pal 13 base. 15. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's range 10. So 15 with his range amplifier. It's pal 13, but it's really 15. And then it turns the rest of your army into plus two pal. And an RFP stuff. So if you really, really, really need to spot nuke a, a, a recursion thing, you can totally do it. The next least dumb card on it, or rule on his card is Burning Ash, which is a three-inch cloud that goes anywhere in his control range, which, remember, starts at 10, but is then 12, 14, 16, and gets bigger. And it's a cloud. You can place as many as you want up to his focus. They cost two. And every enemy model that's in it that's living without immunity fire gets minus two to hit. So you can def skew like crazy with these. Uh, And it's... If you don't feel like using a cloud wall, a perfect cloud wall. Which you you could also just do both. Or you can do things like have this cloud, which does not have the burning ash rule. Or, uh, yeah, that's what it's called, Ash and Veil. And then you can also have one of the Ash and Veil Warjacks uh, right next to your Thamorite Archon. And the only option your opponent has is to walk into that Thamorite Archon and then try to hit it at def 20, basically. Yeah, Yeah, it's fine. All right. Up from that, we have Force Hammer, which is a cost four inch 10 pow 12 that slams something D6 inches directly away. Um, this spell is nuts. Assuming oh, you have the. Games. Yeah, it ends games. Assuming you have the focus to cast it, which is. There are some casters where the spell is not nuts because it's like, I'm focus six and I have no way <laughs> to like get more. Um, but on Lucas, where he can quite comfortably be casting this twice by like mid game, um, it's absurd. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, then he also has telekinesis, just for f- reasons. He sends a theme. <laughs> yes. So um, he has the best nuke. He has the best uh, protective spell. I think Burning Ash is better than Windstorm in the vast majority of cases. Um, he has just saying something. Yes, he has the absolute best like game ending. Uh, trick spell in Force Hammer. He has the best spell in the game on Telekinesis on top of all of the resources he needs built into his card to let him yep. use all of these things. Alright, so what aspects of the games can, game can he play? Well, he can play Attrition like Mad because you can cloud wall your army and you're playing a gun army. Um, and you yep. can just win on scenario, like you can just kill things very, very quickly. Uh, if you're hard targets, he'll disintegrate you and then he'll TK his arc node back to safety and then you'll get blasted to death by rayless interceptors and, and vindicators. If you, um, if you're not hard targets, there's like 50 trillion AOEs. So good luck. Um, if your caster has to play at all risky, it's dead because force hammer disintegration and then up telekinesis it back forward so that all of your guns can shoot it. Uh, or if, or force Sam or something of your own into it. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. For for reals, like you can just do that, and it's even funnier if it's force hammering a a transfer into it to then explode. Explode. Um. 
right? It's good times. <laughs> um, and then he's also, you know, going to just be able to play the the scenario game like crazy because he can TK a bunch of things or force hammer and then TK things. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just got a lot of guns, so you can pick off solos on enemy flags. Um, and yeah, so the thing about Lucas is in terms of like internal faction power level, he's not nearly as high as Kruger, right? Yeah. Kruger is propping up Circle in a lot of ways on his own. However, let's just run a little thought experiment here. Let's put Lucas into Circle and just basically give him Kruger's list. So the trade-offs here are that you don't get Rayless Interceptors. Okay. You do get like four free telekinesis every turn or four free disintegrates, Yeah, (laughs) um, which leaves him free to use all his focus for like burning ashes and force hammers. Uh, You don't have an arc node unless you unless you want the trees, but the trees are actually perfectly serviceable. They're not as good as as the the liberator, I believe it's called, Um, but they are perfectly serviceable. You don't have access to. Crucible Guard level guns, but you sure get Wold Weirds, which mm-hmm. really like being PAL 14 with disintegration and shooting at knockdown targets and um, having clouds to help them out and, you know, all that good stuff. And you don't have the Storm All, but you do have Burning Ash, which I think is superior in most ways, um, especially if your table has enough terrain on it. And then you have like a melee powerhouse caster to end it off with. Like if Lucas really needs to, and you're playing in bones, you can TK him forward with a, with a beast TK, whatever he's attacking towards him with a beast run up some dumb little like sentry stone mannequin right behind the thing you're about to charge, charge the thing, slam the mannequin into the guy, disintegrate the guy and I mean, you disintegrate with somebody else, honestly, before you do this even. Yeah. Um, so you, you force hammer the, thi- the mannequin into the thing, and then you're probably hitting him like six more times at pow 15. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I just, I cannot even imagine this guy with geomancy. That sounds like the actual end of the world. You are not wrong. So, um, I don't know. Like I had, a, I had a hard look at every other caster in the game, and they're all they're, there's a lot of very good casters in the game. But as mm-hmm. f- far as ones that are just like stacked, I just don't. I, there just isn't one. Like I think he's just it. I mean, who else is even in competition? So Kruger two is definitely up there. Um, Kruger would be real good in Crucible Guard, but he doesn't have a damage buff, right? Like that's one of the huge problems and he doesn't have like an instant knockdown um fix all of the accuracy like he's got tk which is good he's got gallows which is good um but as soon as he loses access to his to his geomancers like he is so much worse mm-hmm. well yeah and one of the big problems he has in circle is that um he can't take crew zero yeah absolutely oh gosh you know what the other thing would be nuts about lucas is uh, he'd have transfers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be kind of dumb. Um, so I think Kruger 2 is certainly in the running for that, like, top spot. Um, I think Baldwin is actually kind of way up there as well, which is... And, and I think that's part of what makes Lucas a better caster, is that his pair is stronger. Oh, his pair is absurd. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Kalissa's up there. 
Mm -hmm. She's an absolute monster. She has so many tools and all the resources that she needs to handle them uh, to, well, to use them all in a way to handle the opponent on a turn by turn basis. Um, I think uh, Karchev too. Yeah. I was going to say Karchev too. Karchev too. and Rask are the, the mm-hmm. long threat range damage dealing kind, but yes, they, they don't, they don't personally assassinate. Yeah. Um, all the Karchev two is unkillable. So yes. Um, Kolgrim is probably in the conversation, but I think she's on the lower end of that conversation. She's very she, good. She, yeah, but she's like one or two aspects. She's not all of them. Yeah, if you compare her to Kruger and to um, Lucas, like she's trying to do something very similar in a lot of ways, but she doesn't have the personal oomph of either of them, and she also is not working with models that are as good. So I think you know that's that's uh, she's like up there, but she's probably not actually in contention for that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying, I'm racking my brain. Like there's a bunch of really good stuff in scorn, but I don't think any of it cracks like the top five scorns power is distributed in a way that it's not like focused on the caster. Like yeah. with these. Yes. Which is, which is really nice. I don't think any of the dream, uh, sorry, the dreamers, the Grimkin the warlocks <laughs> are, are quite up there. Like if the dreamer had telekinesis instead of abyssal gate, I think we would instantly be including her in this conversation, right? I'm not sure. Okay. That's fair. I just her, her model her models are pretty bad. <laughs> mm, you have clockatrices still, which are pretty good. Yeah. And I guess I guess her infantry is way better now than Yeah, her, her infantry is also fantastic now. Like I could see running her in bump. If she had TK, like consider TK with nice layers. Let's just Talk about that for a hot second. Um, I don't think any of the Infernal Masters are like fighting. No, it's for the Infernals that are like. broken, not the Masters. Yeah, yeah. The, the summoning mechanic. I mean, Agathon's very, very good, but he doesn't play the scenario yeah. game in this quite the same way. Like he does have Hellmouth, but again, TK is just better. He's, he's very much a wannabe uh, Lucas. Yes, yeah. Lucas feels like just Agathon, but better in every real metric. Um, there's nothing else in circle. There's nothing else in minions that we already talked about. Rask is very good. Mechanolith is an assassination machine. Yeah. Mechanolith is very, very good, but I don't think she's in the same like tier as, as this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, honestly, Legion is another one of those factions where the power level is distributed such that while their warlocks are very, very good, a lot of the strength comes from their models that are innately very strong also now. Um, you know, Blight Archons are very good. Archangels are very good. Um, all of the the stuff in, in the uh, crud, my brain is destroying me <laughs> right now. The one with the infantry, that theme force. Oh, yeah. Uh, where you can take legionnaires and swordsmen's and black frost shard and children of the dragon children of the dragon thank you um they're all very good but again i think there's a lot of like like one of i think legion's top casters are like lilith for chris uh bethane to abby to all of which kind of don't quite hit as many places as the the casters that we're talking about in this conversation um, 
is Osram still in that conversation? He's very good. He is still really good. I don't know. Like, I think my problem with Osram mostly is that if you're prepped to deal with Karchev 2, you probably have Osram covered by sort of default. <laughs> but he does have a lot of things like tricks and really, really powerful game ending, like maneuvers that Karchev can't pull, like sniping Gorman, um, being able to to hand out, you know, just the immense amount of tactical options that his spell list brings. Like he's got stranglehold, which is very, very good. Yep. Um, so yeah, you know, Ostrom's kind of up there. Remember when Fiona was clearly the right answer here? I do. It wasn't that long ago. Um, no. And she's still very good, but I don't, I don't think she's in this conversation anymore. Maybe she is. Her feet's very good. She's probably in the top like 15 or 20, but yeah, she's she's definitely not like cracking top five for me. Mm-hmm. So what do all of these casters have in common, I guess, is the question. Or are there like things that they have in common at all? Because Rask well, and Karchev are very different, right? So like I was trying to describe, when the ones that make you go, this is the best caster in the game mm-hmm. is where you go, what's their weakness? And the answer mm-hmm. is there isn't one skill floor uh so skill floor so skill floor is the amount of work you get it or the amount of power you get out when you're bad having put in no effort yeah i think you mean skill ceiling like how difficult it is to reach the ceiling yeah maybe i i think well i think it's also just that so that's that's part of what skill floor is, but isn't skill floor also the description of like what it's like, what their power level is if you're bad with them? Because I think a bad Kruger two player is not a particular threat, right? Kruger. Okay, so you're saying that they have a low skill floor? Yes, I guess so. Okay. Um, so the example I always bring up whenever skill ceiling and skill floor comes up is uh, Scar one. Mm-hmm. Um, so Scar one is almost as powerful to someone who's played her for the first time as someone who's played her a thousand times. Right. And so if you're trying to take advantage of practice and skill and improving at the game, she's a very bad caster for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, Kruger 2 is Kruger 2 and Lucas are the opposite of that. The more the more time you put into them, the more you get out of it, almost infinitely. Yeah. Absolutely. They they are absolutely incredible in that respect. So, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a lot of... So, okay, so it's having a uh, like a wide variety of play styles, right? Mm-hmm. Where they can handle a lot of roles. They have powerful, usually unique things. Mm-hmm. I guess disintegration isn't unique anymore. Um, and they have um, non-numeric rules. They have rules that aren't mm-hmm. just, you know increase this number it's they do something weird to the game outside of just making numbers better right and and it's interesting because like it looks in a lot of ways like karchev and rask kind of just do the numbers thing um but rask gives you insane amounts of flexibility and positioning because of his feet and karchev generates an absolutely catastrophic number of extra attacks that are hard to account for between you know abattoir his his feet giving potential extra focus out stuff like that that make that 
that the resources that it looks like he has very deceptively less than what he actually has. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that's where those two come in. And also there are certain points at which numbers be high is good enough. If the numbers are high enough across enough models, um, we saw that with yeah, like Iona Tharn, right? Oh, I was going to say uh, Aurora. A caster uh, oh, brings yeah. almost nothing to the table. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Aurora for sure is a, is a good example of that. And I think, you know, she's still probably in that top top tier contention for like very, very good caster. But because of the recent like changes to all of her list, she's not anymore. Like at the, mm -hmm. at the top. Um. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting that like. I think most of our top picks and, and, and one of the things actually that I should not discount on Karchev is that positioning his list is actually kind of hard into a lot of armies. If you're tooled to beat Karchev, he has to be like the skill level required to place the models correctly such that they die in the order you need at the time you need them to die is not small, right? Reading the tempo of the game is difficult, especially when you're relying on approximately like 12 or 13 models to do all your work. Yeah, and feeding at the right time is more important with him than almost anyone else. Yes. Yeah. Him, like him and Rask both have that, right? Like, uh, Lucas's feet almost get stronger if you're just like waiting around, right? The threat of his feet is incredible, but there are definitely points at which feeding with Rask and feeding with, um, uh, Karchev are, is, is too late, right? And, uh, re recognizing when that is is going to be different from game to game, which is, mm -hmm. you know, another skill that you have to learn and is non-numeric, and it will be different depending on each matchup. Yeah. All right. So, did I convince you, or or were you already convinced and just putting up a fight for the sake of it? I didn't even put up a fight. <laughs> so oh, that's. Fair. I think. I think. I think Lucas is clearly better. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And I so think what, what do ahead. we think Chandler would say? What what crazy jank would Chandler have said? You know, it would not have surprised me if Chandler came in here with Kalissa. Okay, I would have said Thyra. <laughs> uh, I don't. So here's the thing: Chandler loves Thyra, but Chandler's also extraordinarily objective when it comes to stuff like this, and he would just oh. go, "Eh, yeah, she she's not hanging he, out there. She is objectively bad. <laughs> no, she's not objectively bad. I, don't I think love her so much, though." Yeah, she is the most as fun and protectorate, one hundred percent. Um, yeah, but I, I think he might have come in like with something like Kalissa. He might have come in with maybe like Shade Four. He's he's been playing a lot of Ret like recently, mm. right? Like he's got a, quite a quite a Ret collection going. So I, mm. I would not have been surprised to hear him say something in those lines, um, especially because this meta is so freaking weird. So like, there's no Karchev. There's no like any of those things he plays into a lot of like mm -hmm. Sturgis one still <laughs> yeah um yeah but I like I like Kalissa a lot I think she is legitimately in the top five ten casters in the game at this point but she just does not have the placement things that Kruger and Lucas bring to the table and she doesn't also have the damage output increases right now her personal output turn over turn probably better than both, but mm -hmm. and and her assassination game is honestly I think scarier than Kruger's in a lot of ways. Oh for sure. Um, but I don't think it's as scary as Lucas's. Yeah, that's that's fair. So, yeah, all right, we did it. Basically, 
we think Kruger or Lucas is the best. We think there's a number of other casters that are in like the top five or five to 10 that probably are a few metrics off from where he's at. And we're curious to think or to hear what you guys think, because, you know, we've got a very clear bias here. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, with that, I'd like to give a huge thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon because this idea came from you guys and so have a number of other recent casts that have all been excellent. If you'd like to check that out, you can find it on patreon.com slash LOSWarMachine. If you're subscribed, you get a, f- a sweet, differently colored name in our Discord. Uh, you also get access to the patrons-only channel, and at certain tiers, you get things like f- uh, early access to episodes. You can um, vote on topics every month. Uh, if you go high enough, you can just tell us what to talk about once every month. You can play a game with us every month. You can participate in the upcoming one-shot RPGs that Chandler and I are building to start doing over the summer as I have a little bit more time. And all of that, again, is uh, at patreon.com slash Machine. You can find our Facebook page. It's called Line of Sight. Our Discord is in the show lo- show notes for all of these podcasts. And you can email us at loswarmhorns at gmail.com. And you can f- message us on any of us on any of the platforms that I just mentioned. We're pretty chatty. We like to talk about games. So... Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.
güey. 